Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for checking out another brand new episode. Today's episode 1005 with West End Junction. I had a lot of fun meeting with them, talking about uh, some of their story, uh, playing some uh, live acoustic version of their uh, Rob Zombie's Dragula. Uh, they just released a brand new single uh, cover of the of Dragula, now available wherever you get your digital music at. But you can hear a live acoustic version on the t- today's show and come out and see them this weekend at Blueberry Hill in the Duck Room on Friday, November 18th with my friends in Goldberry. Tickets available now. And uh, come on out to that show. And you're going to hear all about it on today's show. Do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri, serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps, all kinds of delicious food. Uh, you got your burgers and flatbread pizzas and nachos and uh, all kinds of tasty eats out there. And uh, you can get some great live music. On uh, Thursday nights, they've been doing uh, Singo Bingo, the musical-themed bingo nights. Uh, This Thursday, November 17th, is uh, I Love the 80s. So if you're an 80s fan, come on out and have some fun with them at Friendship. And then on uh, Friday, November 18th, James Bertels. And on Saturday, November 19th, Jeff Walchauser returns. Uh, You can find their... Full concert calendar, food menu, and beer menu at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. Be sure to plug in with them on Facebook and Instagram to follow along and uh, get uh, get in the know. Get They have also uh, a uh, Friendship Brewing app you can download and uh, check it all out. They do have some uh, exciting news coming soon. They've uh, recently... Um, they moved out to Hannibal, Missouri. So if you're in the Hannibal area, Friendship Brewing is coming towards you. Uh, so I'll be uh, making some more announcements here soon. But uh, get involved. Everything FriendshipBrewingCompany.com today. And come see them in Wentzville, Missouri. And uh, enjoy a cold beverage. Uh, if you need anything else from me, uh, of course, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to continue to support the show, a great way to do so is hit up the uh, merch store. I got some t-shirts, hats, tank tops, all kinds of stuff in there. And uh, you can find that on uh, the website or Byjack, B-Y-J-A-C-K dot com slash rock paper podcast. And um, appreciate all you out there wearing your shirts and hats and uh, truly means the world to me. And uh, thank you for all the years of continued support. Uh, whether this is your uh, first time or your longtime fan, I appreciate you being here with me today. And uh, thank you again. So With that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode with West End Junction. Um, Podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio, it's on on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. I'm Kara. And I'm Dan. And we are West End Junction. And you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame, covers nonstop, never know what. New kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Rock Paper Podcast. Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero, he's your bestie. Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with West End Junction. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks Thank for you. having us. This is uh, very cool. I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. I met uh, Kara officially the other night at the Ryan Cheney show at the Blueberry Hill <laughs> Duck Room. So that was a cool night out. And anyway, I'm just like, I'm glad to actually sit down and get to know you all a little bit better and get to d- discover some more new tunes coming out of St. Louis. So uh, I guess before we get rolling too far, though, do you want to introduce yourselves and uh, t- uh, say hi to everybody? Uh, for sure. So I'm uh, I'm Dan. I play guitar for West End Junction. And, and I am Kara, and I do keys and vocals and various and sundry other things uh, <laughs> like tambourines and kazoo, kazoo. is a new is a new addition yeah she's yeah she now fancies herself a kazoo yeah, yeah <laughs> that uh man that I, I every time i hear it and i it's, it's like you know one of those things that's like you never forget it but that uh, kazoo kid video uh that the little boy uh playing kazoo I don't think I've seen that. You know, I wow. feel like I've seen that in a past life and yeah. just completely forgotten. <laughs> yeah. It sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, it's like turned into a whole life of its own, like, you know, memes and everything else. Sure, and, sure. And the gifts yeah. and stuff like that. But the there, I think it was like a, I think it was like a, like an actual, like instructional video kind of thing. Like, uh, oh my God, that's uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, this is, I don't know, he. I don't really know all the details of this, the whole story behind this kid, but you know, he's just like, you know, he's a cute little blonde kid. And then he's like, you know, talking about the kazoo and he's like, kazoo. <laughs> Wait, yeah. is that fun, 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 oh, fun, yeah. fun, fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that's what I, that was from. Yeah. <laughs> I would do want to warn you, you probably shouldn't yeah. encourage me with the kazoo because I think I enjoy it more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I, now I remember the video. I have yeah. seen that. So yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was part of some other show or I don't know. I, I, but it's uh, one of my favorite <laughs> things, though. Just like the the yeah. what I, that kid playing the kazoo like that and like. Um, That's awesome. So, anyway, it's one of the gems of the. So internet. I have yeah. yeah right. I am. I am familiar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess uh, so. Like I said, I don't know uh, really anything about the group. We just uh, came into contact a little while back. I mean, I know I've been seeing the name a little bit more uh, around mm-hmm. town lately. You all have been uh, gigging a little more and playing out. And uh, I have listened to the music that you have out there online and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I kind of like to go back to the beginning. Where, is, where does uh, where does West End Junction 
get started. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that the that depends how far back you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can't go any further back than 2014. Right. So <laughs> we met in 2014, and we met uh, serendipitously in a backyard um, playing music. And I think I was playing acoustic guitar, as I often yeah. am. And... Um, we kind of formed a, another band with with some other friends. That band kind of thrived and didn't, and uh, then fell apart and came back together. But um, Kara and I stayed together, and we kind of started playing our own music. Um, yeah, uh, West End Junction didn't really fully uh germinate though until i want to say 2019 yeah it was we left st louis which was kind of the soft ending of this other band that then came back to life and we moved to minneapolis for three years um and we did a lot of songwriting in that time not a lot of playing out i was singing at weddings and church stuff um right. mostly and then when we moved back um it was really the pandemic, if I'm being honest. Like, we were putting content out there on YouTube just for fun. But over the pandemic, we wrote so much music together that I was like, we need we need to do something with this. I want, like, I had this desire for people to hear it because I was proud of it. Right. Um, and at that point, we had still been just calling ourselves Dan and Kara. Right. Uh, and I believe this was shortly before the first death of the trolley uh, and living in the West end near to Bolivar, near the, the trolley and the Metro, we thought that would be a cute little name. And then the trolley died and then it wasn't a junction and now the trolley's back and now it is kind of a junction again. So, uh, so that's how the name came, came right. about. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A combination yeah. of that. And I just kind of thought it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all poetry. Yeah, right. Right. So, Aesthetically pleasing. So both of you are originally from St. Louis area? Well, I am. Uh, I grew up out in the county. Um, but Kara... I'm from South Florida, actually, oh, okay. um, yeah. and moved out here to f- to finish my bachelor's, All right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a SLU grad. Very cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I just find it... I mean, I don't know. I kind of like to start with St. Louis a lot of times just because I... Yeah, I say that's where we're, we're at, but, um, you know, it, it is in, interesting to hear how people got here or, you know, or, you know, how, where we are in their, their journey and stuff and, and as calling St. Louis home right now and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, now I mean, I've been here all my life, like, you know, a little, uh, outside of town, but, you know, I consider St. Louis home. So, um, but, uh, so you, uh, so Weston, what we, so you said 19, we consider like the real start of, uh, of this project then? Pretty much. I mean, you know, some of the material probably predates that yeah, year for right. sure. But, um, you know, I think it was probably that year that we came up with the name yeah. and kind of really started thinking of it as its own entity. Right. And, you know, that really kind of solidifies it, you know, in my mind. Right. Um, it was 2019 was when we changed our 
YouTube name. <laughs> right, right. So, right. oh yeah, yeah. there's that. But we didn't really start playing out until post pandemic. I feel like that's like a metaphor for like you know when you change your Facebook status. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. That's when it's like really official. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, what and like uh, did you you two just notice that like you had a similar taste for in or it was like uh like where does what is like uh as you're like defining what west end junction was going to be like mm. i mean like how, how does it, was it always this based in this folk uh that's a good question stuff? i i i'm going to address that actually yeah. we um when the two of us were making music together we were doing a lot of stuff in ableton like a lot of instance stuff um and i think i think we fell into the folk genre pretty much just because <laughs> because at the time um we didn't have a lot of other stuff we had a computer and a guitar and this was my 30th birthday present to myself this keyboard that i'm touching that none of you can see <laughs> um so it kind of was basically just working with what we had um that we started writing songs for vocals and acoustic guitar and then then added in keys and then it started adding in very recently other instruments mm -hmm. yeah and i would say too like i've always just been a fan of songwriting like singer songwriter sure. stuff you know growing up i loved the beatles i loved bob dylan i loved all these like you know songwriter type of artists and right. this just kind of seemed like a good mesh and a way to express myself in that way um and so it's kind of evolved pretty organically yeah i would say yeah i'm like i'm like that's this is like uh you know a lot of my my favorite stuff is you know is that folk songwriters uh you know just um storytellers you awesome. know and it's like i i've always uh um you know obviously a bunch of them that you you already said their name you know mentioned and like but just like all the greats and uh but it's like uh something i, I really like resonate again with like the storytelling and the, of songwriting mm -hmm. and uh, i always uh for like three years prior to the pandemic and stuff i was doing a, a songwriter showcase out there in, oh, cool. in chesterfield and and that was a lot of fun for me to like bring a lot of my friends in and and do uh do that and like getting to share these songs like that acoustically and stuff in that way and um but uh yeah it's just always been a, a big part of my life like for a long time and uh it was it was really uh great the other day i um was listening to howard stern and I'm a, I'm a big fan of his show and he uh i think in 19 he said in a rolling stone interview that uh that bruce springsteen was like a you know like a bucket list guest for him that he would like Nice. It's like that's who he he would you know he said got to interview a lot of incredible people over the years but that was one he hasn't had never uh, had the pleasure of having him on the show yet and um, so this uh, Halloween day uh, Monday he had uh, Bruce in studio and he uh, it was the first time Howard's actually been in his studio since covid and everything he so wow. for two and a half years he hasn't been in the studio he's been doing the show from his from wow. his house and uh so he went to the studio because bruce thought it would be better of for the if they were actually in, in person doing it together so wow. uh so he did it for bruce and like uh and it was just bruce the guitar and piano and and howard and like for two and a half hours and it was mm -hmm. it was really uh 
really great interview. And it's one of, one of the greatest things I've ever heard, I think, like is as far as interviews so cool. and just like, but he's like, that's what he's, you know, that's what exactly what he does is the stories yeah. and the songs and like, and he, yeah. uh, it was really pretty, especially like just, uh, very emotional, like just everything he was very, uh, you know, for not a lot of dynamics or, yeah. you know, anything going on is just him guitar and keyboards and, you know, or, or piano, I mean, and, uh, and he, yeah. and he was like how much emotion he was able to like mm-hmm. evoke from that. But, um, but what I found interesting was like, you know, you played stuff like Thunder Road, which is like, you know, these big rock and right. roll songs. Right. And he played it like stripped down acoustic on a guitar and it was like wow. really cool. And he's like, that's what I, he's like, I, I've any, any of these songs that I have, I've, yeah. I can play by myself on acoustic guitar. Like, and he's like, I think that's a, the sign of, that you have something that is a, a good mm-hmm. song. If you can do it, if you can do it like this, then you can always, you can always do totally. it, you know, build it up and stuff. So, which totally. is like, so what I think is cool about what you guys do is like, maybe it might just be, you know, this right now, but I mean, we can always add, you know, yeah. build, build from, uh, from this and stuff. So, and like you're yeah. saying, you're adding more percussion and kazoo and you know these different things <laughs> so forget the kazoo. <laughs> yeah so we can it's just cool to say what's what i'm saying is like we can start with the bare bones of a acoustic and, mm-hmm. a, and a piano and stuff and like and, and build from there and stuff so it's cool to that the options are there yeah yeah definitely i mean I, it's, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because i do think it's a good litmus test for if a song is good you know as i'm writing a song like all i have is my guitar mm-hmm. you know and my voice or her voice or whatever we have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I start playing something or singing something and it's, it doesn't sound good with just me, it's probably not going to sound good, <laughs> right. you know, with a bunch of, right. if, if you're relying on the production to make the song good, then you might not really have something. Yeah. You know? it, and sometimes it can, like with Springsteen in particular, his, his lyrics are so lovely and so poetic. And I don't, like with some of his bigger songs they fall in the background a little bit so i'm i'm curious to go listen to the howard stern uh interview with him because i i do i my dad was a huge springsteen fan and i grew up listening listening to him yeah but it wasn't until i was a teenager and i started like writing some of my own music that i started to notice just how beautiful his lyrics are yeah yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there. I, like I never really appreciated it, uh, young when I was younger. By uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely one now that I've really kind of grown on me more and stuff. And and mm-hmm. you know because of that, like you know I'm learning more into what he's actually singing about and stuff. So yeah, um, now it's uh, yeah. If you're any bit of a fan, I I would highly encourage you. Like it's a it was a fascinating interview. Oh yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, two greats, you know, going back and forth for two and a half hours. Like it was, it was really, uh, something special. Yeah. That's nice. awesome. Um, but, uh, so, uh, well, speaking of that, uh, kind of, uh, individually, like, uh, I think it'd be fun to kind of go back to even before West End Junction, you said, so mm-hmm. songwriting was something you pretty young then you started writing your own stuff or. I've always been doing something. I can't, yeah. I can't, and I've tried not to. I mean, at, at various points in my life, I've tried to put it away, and I, and 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 when I do that, it feels like I'm drowning. So yeah. I've always been. I mean, since I was probably nine or ten, like writing poetry or writing little, mostly poetry. At that point, I was writing poetry and making little doodles to go with my poetry. Yeah. Um, 
And now I'm an art teacher and a musician, so I get to do it all. <laughs> I get all right. to make doodles and write, and write poetry still. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, go ahead. Did your parents get you into it or playing music or at all? or were... I uh, started taking piano lessons. <laughs> I feel like they made me do it, but I feel like I was really cool with it mm -hmm. um, when I was six or seven and stuck with it for 10 years. But I was it was a very strict classical like I was learning 10 15 minute long pieces and then playing them in competitions around Florida and by the time I was 16 I just got really burnt out on it and wasn't practicing I wasn't you know I just was not was not about it anymore at that point um but it was nice because it did give me more <laughs> of a now that I wasn't practicing for competitions anymore it did give me more of a free time I guess right. to start writing my own stuff and and um i was never performing it or recording it i was just writing it for fun yeah i imagine mm -hmm. yeah like when yeah you know, i don't know I, I think that's with anything like you just when it's when it's fun it's more organic you know and it's like you're not like competent music shouldn't be i don't really think anything should be competition stuff that takes it yeah uh, <laughs> but uh i do feel like a lot of I've kind of heard that story from a lot of various musicians like that mm. they're they may be kind of forced into it as a kid to take lessons and do different things but then like and they kind of hated it at one point but then like eventually were glad that they did yeah. you know if they become they they do you know realize like oh yeah this this I'm you know I'm glad I had those lessons early on or yeah. whatever so it's something you always have right it's like learning another language you yeah. just always have it yeah. How about you, Dan? When what, when you pick up the guitar? Well, um, has it always been guitar? No, actually. It, it well. So, I guess you know the start of this saga of my musical life really began in high school. So uh, I was never forced into music, or you know forced to take lessons or yeah. anything like that. I'm like the only musical person in my family, and I I I really kind of figured that out in middle school i played the clarinet and then the saxophone and um but it was one of those things where you know if i was going to move on to the high school band yeah you know i had to do all this practicing and i just kind of didn't care and so that's when i switched over to the bass guitar because i had some buddies you know and we were all into rock music and jam music you know jam bands and stuff and so we wanted to start a band and so we needed somebody to play the bass so i just picked up the bass and i did that for a while i took you know, lessons of Fazio's out in the county. Um, and then just sort of naturally kind of started playing more and more guitar. I mean, that, the band never really formed. You know, we were all kids. We didn't know right. what we were doing. Um, and so I started playing guitar quite a bit. Um, took some lessons um, kind of towards the end of high school. But it was really when I was in high school, I started writing songs a lot and just on my own. It's nothing prompted it. It wasn't like in a band that I was writing songs for. I just really liked it. I, it was a way to express myself, you know, mm -hmm. at a time when, you know, it can be hard to <laughs> express yourself. Right. Um, and so, you know, I probably still have like backlogs of tons and tons of terrible recordings of different <laughs> little things that I've made up over the years, you know, um, and I just fell in love with it. Like it was, it was just a very natural way to express myself. Um, and so, you know, I'd been in a couple of bands. I, I 
none of which took off. (laughs) But um, when I graduated high school, I was pretty serious about music. And so, you know, I went to Webster U for for jazz for two years um, for jazz guitar. And um, that got to be a little bit overwhelming uh, cause you know, that's a pretty demanding environment. And, you know, I, I realized after two years that I was not going to be like a professional jazz performer, you know, like that's just <laughs> a whole different can of worms from right. what, you know, what we do and what, what really drew me into music. Um, and so I, I dropped that, but you know, I, I learned a lot while I was there. And so, you know, I've just gathered a bunch of different uh, tools for the tool belt, I guess yeah. you could say, over the years from playing, writing, and then you know, that kind of fed into this project. So, yeah, man, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so you you both you both write individually, you said, but then like as you're as you're writing for Weston Junction songs and stuff, do you do you two like is it? A Dan song, a Kara song, or do you guys collaborate a lot? Or are they, you know, does it, how, uh, how's that process kind of come out? How do you guys decide like, uh, what these lyrics might be or, you know, the musical arrangements and stuff? It's a healthy mix. I would say, um, Kara is definitely the lyricist of, of the two of us or the stronger lyricist. I would say that's not to say that I don't write lyrics, but with, with my, you know, given my background that I just explained, uh, you know, I tend to think not about lyrics at all. I'm very much about music, chord changes, harmonies, melodies. That's really what I like to do. Um, and sometimes I have to put words to it to help kind of express, you know, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to come up with. But uh, oftentimes, you know, I will either come up with just the chord changes, and Kara will come up with a melody and lyrics, or I will, you know have a melody and chords and then Kara will come up with the lyrics. Um, but oftentimes Kara will, will write songs all on her own, uh, lyrics, chords, the whole shebang. Um, and then sometimes it's, it's, uh, a little bit half and half. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples like, well, like, um, I, I, one more thing to add and then I'll come up with some examples. (sighs) It, we're both we both have day jobs right. so a lot of times songwriting is just catch it when you can sure. um so i I'll, if one of us has an idea we'll bring it to the other person but we do have times where we're like let's sit down and write a song together um and that'll be dan will start like 2000 strong is a single that we released a little over a year ago that was one where we were like, let's sit down and write a song right now. So he started playing guitar and I started riffing with lyrics. Um, but our first single, Little Sister Cedar Tree, was one that I had in my brain that just, and I brought to Dan and said, hey, this is a song. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was so it's, much it's different every time. Yeah. 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 Or like, um, I guess looking at the stars was one that was pretty 50. Yeah, that's going to be on, that's going to be on the album. And yeah. then Dreams, we released Dreams in February of this year. That was one that Dan just kind of brought to me and said, "Hey, I wrote this." Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, that's what's kind of fun about it. There are there are no rules to any of it, and there's no right or wrong to, you know, way to create music and stuff and it, but it's interesting to hear these different stories how how these, you know, how things kind of work behind the scenes because every band's a little different and yeah. how they work. But 
Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, we're talking a lot about about it though. Well, let's talk about uh, when we did play live today, and uh, this is what uh, one you guys uh, you know uh, didn't write didn't right. did, didn't, not, didn't write any of the lyrics at least, and uh, <laughs> and but uh, you guys took a uh, creative approach to uh, a Rob Zombie classic <laughs> called Dragula. And uh, this is a little live stripped down take we did here in the jam room. And um, but uh, tell me about the where does uh, the idea come up with uh, covering some some Rob Zombie? Well, let me tell you the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw something about how Rob Zombie is like a really nice, wholesome guy and like looks out for other artists and is just generally a really cool person. And I can't remember if I texted you or if I just decided to do it when I got home, but I was like, we should cover a Rob Zombie song. That would be fun. Um, we had kind of done stripped down covers of like um, when we were streaming on Reddit for a while, I was doing Oops, I Did It Again as a piano kind of haunting thing. And I thought it would be cool to do it with Dragula, but in order to really make it work, I did it in 6-8. Um, and in fact, I now I'm remembering, I didn't text you or call you because I started playing it and you went, that is so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah, like she said, we had kind of messed around with like chopped and screwed weird different renditions yeah. of like songs like just we, for fun yeah we 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 were just you know very early days of west end junction didn't know what we were really doing yet right and we were just messing around with different things so we kind of had a precedent mm -hmm. for like doing weird renditions of existing songs and that's one that she just thought would be kind of cool and i think this was right during the height of us streaming on reddit right I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched people stream on Reddit, but, you, you know, you don't have to have a gimmick, but it's kind of nice to, like, A, do things that people recognize and just kind of have unique like, right. things. So it's it was always fun to throw in weird mm -hmm. covers like that, you know. So I think that kind of helps spark the idea to do a a different version of an existing song. Yeah. And, and so we were we we did a lot of interesting covers i think <laughs> throughout yeah we that did time. but this one really stuck because i think it just turned out so pretty and the feedback from it for it was was so good that right. it just kind of snowballed into this whole thing and now we have a recording and actually it. we weren't gonna we it had been a dream of mine to record a full album and we started kind of putting all of the pieces of that in place in spring of last year. And our producer, Don, um, suggested that we put in a cover or two to give people something to latch on to. And so I was like, well, we do Dragula. People like it. Let's throw that on there. But when we got into the studio, hearing it with the full band, we had Joe Weber on drums, who absolutely killed it. Um, Eve Rigby was on backing vocals. And then John Vianello on bass and Pete Zimmer on organ. And then we brought in Lisa Campbell-Albert to do some uh, overdubs on there. Hearing all of them do it together, it sounded, I'm biased, but it sounded so good. I was pissed that I didn't write it. I remember like sitting at the mixing board and being like, I'm so pissed that this is the one that sounds good. <laughs> they all sound good. but Well, to your credit, I mean, 
it's such a like obviously you didn't write the lyrics but it's such a different rendition that yeah. i think you deserve some credit for having the melodic ideas and Th- the, that's very yeah. sweet of you thank you <laughs> yeah you know. yeah you guys wrote the you know built the arrangement and stuff and at least uh you know but uh, yeah <laughs> like you're saying it is for me um you can't help but to smile uh hearing it because it is very funny to me to hear uh again like you're saying is a pretty song but you're singing about you know burning witches and you know you know all stuff. it's like it's very it's a lot of dark imagery that we're uh-huh. saying but, yep. but you're like saying it with a smile and uh-huh. uh, you know and it's like so it's just um that kind of whole uh i always i always kind of laugh and go back to it but there's a there's a great line in uh robin hood men in tights uh where he's uh he goes could you just tell me the bad news in a good way yeah, yeah, goes, that's great. And he goes, yeah. He's like, so he starts like laughing, and he's like, Robin, he kicked our asses, and all, and yep. all that stuff. He's like, oh, uh, <laughs> big smile. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, that is awful news, and he's like, so anyway, oh, yeah. that that whole scene. But I just think that's funny. T- t- tell me the bad news in a good way and stuff. Yeah. So but, that's great. Uh, so yeah, I. But anyway, this uh, it was turned out great. The the the.
We did live here again it's just youtube but like saying we do have the studio version that'll be out here any day now mm-hmm. and um maybe by the time you're hearing this it'll already be on your your uh, streaming services and stuff but we have a a beautiful production uh that you'll be hearing and that'll be on the appearing on the album and uh but uh you can add that to your favorite playlist and everything on all your uh, streaming services and things so yeah um but uh this yeah this uh I don't know. I just, it was fun. And it was like, it was, I don't know that, you know, kind of what your, your producer was saying, something to hold on to. Like, I think there's, there's something to that. Like, I mean, I love originals and I love, uh, you know, discovering a great new group and songwriters and, you know, all the stuff, but, but there is something, to, um, I think there is something to it about covers, like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a well done, especially a creative interpretation of something like this, mm-hmm. you know, like it shows that you, you can, how your the artistry of it all, like, you know, you're not just doing a straight, you know, copy and paste cover, you're twisting it and making it your own. And then also, uh, there's something about the, like, you know, I guess like the connection that we have to the original where it's like, you know, you it's familiar. You sing along, you know, the words are already something that I think all that kind of stuff plays into it. Like people love hearing a good cover song, you know, even, you know, and if you're, <clears throat> you know, obviously it's been very well documented with a lot of like, you know, coffee house stuff, you know, guitar mm-hmm. players, they take like a, they'll take some kind of like a hip hop song and play it on acoustic guitar mm-hmm. or what, you uh-huh. know, that, that whole thing. It's like, it takes something we know and make it different, but it's something still has that familiar thing to it. And, you know, what these different things like that. So, uh, there's something to it. I don't know the science behind it all, but it is interesting mm-hmm. how like, uh, people figure out how to make it work yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, I think, it, but I think it was a good idea to throw it on here and it's fun to thank you he- hearing <laughs> this. So yeah, this, this, uh, turned out real nice. And, uh, we are, uh, throwing a party to celebrate the, uh, the release of Dragula and, uh, this will be on November 18th at Blueberry Hill in the Duck Room and uh, right here in uh, St. Louis in the Loop. And uh, you can come on out. We have uh, some tickets available and you're bringing along our friends in Goldberry and Michael Blakey. Yes. So let's talk about this night. Yeah, we are really, really excited. We've got, it's our first time playing with a band this big. We have... I think there's going to be six of us if I'm counting it right. We got drums, bass, backing vocals, violin, keys, and and guitar. So yeah, there's going to be 
six of us, which yep. is super exciting. Um, and I do have to say that's one thing that has just felt like grace to me about the last year of us doing this as West End Junction is the people that we've met and connected with. Um, this is our third show with Goldberry. They're a wonderful group of women, fantastic songwriters, and also really nice people, yeah, which nice. is almost as important to me as being a fantastic yeah. songwriter. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Michael Blakey is a St. Louis native who I met on Instagram. He lives in New York now. And we had he comes into town periodically. We talked about putting a show together. Um, also, it's it's kind of serendipitous to me i get well you know when you're intentional nothing is serendipity but he's also a really nice person writes a lot of songs about just kind of joy and lifting yourself up so i think it's going to be a really uplifting night and i'm just excited about the other people that we're playing with and excited to be back in the space at the duck room it's a fantastic venue it's a historic venue so we're really looking forward to it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, I met, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I met Michael yet, but I did meet uh, Goldberry probably a year ago or something, maybe a little somewhere around there. I forget exactly what when we recorded, but uh, when their record was coming out and uh, had a lot of fun getting to meet them and, and we did some live acoustic stuff too and uh mm -hmm. yeah they were, they were a lot of fun. It's, uh, so yeah. it's going to be a, lot, a good real good night and um like I say in a historical room obviously uh, a lot of a lot of history in those walls uh with uh, you know Chuck Berry playing there as much as he did, um, I got to see Chuck Berry in that room. And, oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, well, took my mother-in-law uh, to see him, and um, how was that? It, it was cool. I mean, like it, it, uh, at that point, he was you know pretty Older. pretty yeah. pretty well you know in there into his eighties and stuff. Oh my so, gosh! Uh, you know, it wasn't the show you would necessarily wanted you know it's like it's not the chuck berry that we we've seen on all the video and everything else and stuff sure. but i mean it's a living breathing piece of rock and roll history right there you know and it's yeah. like and um so you know it was it was that was uh a treat in itself you know just to to be there but uh obviously uh it was it wasn't uh everything you you would hope it for to be but it was still a cool experience and stuff for sure so um you know i i find it a, a feat in itself that he was doing it at the age he was doing it and you know, no like to, to, you know not just like you know sitting in a retirement home or whatever kind of thing or you know whatever it might be but that he's out there actually playing and, right. and doing it so um but uh it was cool um it was uh it was, I don't know, and it was he did that. I think like well, I think once a month or something for pretty much till he passed. Like I wow. mean, like it was he was playing playing that room quite a bit, and that was kind of the the neat thing was like I was talking to some people there, and like somebody I don't think they were like from something like uh, Alaska or something. I don't like flew in for that show and stuff to come to see Chuck play, and so oh <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's huge that people wanted to, you know, it's a bucket list thing for people and like to mm -hmm. plan their vacation around St. Louis to come see him play mm -hmm. there. So. Yeah. I never, never did get the chance to see 
Excuse I, me. I never did get the chance to see Chuck Berry at the Duck Room, and I'm sad about that. You know, being mm-hmm. from St. Louis, and, you know, living here and growing up here, it's like, oh, I feel like I missed the boat on that. But yeah. St. Louis really takes pride in its people. Like, I feel like yeah. we've got a lot of pride in Chuck Berry. We got a lot of pride in Nelly. Like, we really like. We when when someone makes St. Louis proud, we celebrate it. Yes. Yeah, we we love the uh, the hometown story. You know, like everybody wants to. Uh, yeah. Where when they might leave here to go make it, you know, but that's the thing. Everybody's always like, you know, yeah, they were from St. Louis, though. Yeah. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're definitely proud of that and share those stories a lot. And um, but yeah, I uh, I think it's cool. I like that they have the the Chuck Berry statue down there in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the loop now and stuff. And uh, it's just cool that we can, and of course the Walk of Fame, just getting to see yeah all the other greats Some that are names, that are yeah. from St. Louis and stuff. When so so come down and make a day of it. Uh, you can take the Walk the Fame and uh, and then head on into. Get you some uh, dinner at Blueberry Hill, and then come downstairs and and dance the night away uh, in the duck room with uh, West End Junction, Goldberry, and Michael Blakey. And uh, tickets uh, you can pay at the door, but if uh, you'd like to get advanced tickets, uh, you can visit the uh, pageant box office. And um, so, which we'll I try to avoid the fees. They are on Ticketmaster, but uh, you know, try to avoid the fees of paying service charges and stuff through that. So. We try right. not to serve the master of tickets. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. yeah it's, Sometimes you have to, though. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, there's, no, there's there's always no service charge at the box office, and you can walk up there and do that. So, um, but, yeah, that's going to be a great night, and I'm excited. It's cool to hear, like you're saying, uh, the, big, the big band version of what you guys do. So it's uh, right. that's going to be interesting to bring in all these extra of, uh, parts in for the night. So Yeah. And you can come get exclusive Dragula merch yeah. at the show, only available at the show. Yeah, we got some. We got some cute little pins made. Which funny story about the pins? I have begun using my handwriting to write the title of whatever we're releasing. So our EP had "Wandering Minds" in my handwriting. Two um, thousand strong was my handwriting. Dragula is also my handwriting, but. I didn't realize until it was pointed out to me that I make my D's like the Disney D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you want a Dragula pin with a big Disney D on it, <laughs> come down to Blueberry Hill on November 18th. So I think that's kind of funny because, like you said, it's this happy, joyous yeah, version of this very dark song. Right. And I, I just find the ir- I, I I feel like the the pin or the, the little logo is representative of that because it looks like a very happy, you know, bubbly handwriting but it's you know got little cobwebs on it and a spider and it's like stragula obviously yeah Uh, so i feel like it mimics the music in that way so it it works yeah uh yeah well come on bring uh grab one of those the shirts buttons uh we got some stickers you said you have uh your previous release uh uh, dreams on vinyl too yep yep that'll be there on our merch table nice yeah very cool i think i mean i you know, it's been talked about a lot, but I think I love that uh, that vinyl's made the resurgence it has, and mm-hmm. and having uh, a physical product to take home, having that yeah. t- tangible, uh, you know, be able to hold, and I think that's uh, cool that we people, so many of my friends are uh, taking advantage of uh, having, you know, that we, that we have the accessibility to do yeah. as much on vinyl as we are now and stuff. So yeah, um, that's cool. There's yeah. something to be said for like putting a record on or having an afternoon of playing records that I think people are 
longing for a little bit. Yeah, we 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 are definitely planning on putting the whole album on vinyl. Yeah. We don't know how many copies yet, but they, those <laughs> will be made available. Because I mean, I think I think vinyl is really cool. Sure. I love that there's a modern movement, you know, well, for it, vinyl. It it does seem like a lot. Uh, you know, and I don't want to speak for like all music, but it it does seem, especially like in a, a pop uh, sense, that. Um, a lot of music's become disposable in a sense, you know, mm, it's like mm-hmm. where it's like, obviously, you know, we mentioned some of the great songwriters and that they had that longevity that they, we still continue to celebrate their music uh, years yeah. and years later. But there's so many of these like pop songs that are like, you know, it's a hit for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then you forget it and it's gone, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, and uh, I just, I don't understand, you know, I've re- it's constantly something new and changing and, mm-hmm. I, and I get that, but it's like, but, you know, people spend a lot of time working on these songs and things to, right. for them to just be gone in two weeks and stuff. Yeah. And like, but I think that's what's kind of like having vinyl and having be able to have like an experience mm. with a, a record and and that you know listen to it from front to back, mm-hmm. or whatever you know, and like really like you know taking it in and not just like you know hit and skip on your Spotify and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there's something about that whole process. I, I don't know mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, Again, the science behind it all, but there's something there that, you know, like actually where it takes hold and like you understand yeah. what they're, you know, the, 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 you understand the songwriting and everything else. And yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I just, I feel no. like there's, there's something there. I'm like, it's definitely one of the reasons we want to make a, you know, a vinyl record is because when you start a vinyl record, you, you finish it, you know, right. nobody, mm-hmm. you can't just skip around easily, you know, you got to pick up a needle, yeah, a bit or, sure. you know, so, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like, we definitely want to give, you know, people who, who are interested enough the opportunity to have like a full experience of the album, right? you know, mm-hmm. but like you said, with, you know, the flip on the flip side, like the way people consume music in the, in the internet era has definitely changed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, I feel like young kids these days, they don't consume any less music. Maybe I would say than, than in the past, but they don't have favorite artists cause you know, they're just cycling through songs constantly. So it's not like it's, it's harder as an artist to grab someone's attention for a long period of time, I feel right. like. Mm-hmm. But, you you know, that's just the ecosystem. So you kind of have to play in that ecosystem. So we we release our stuff on Spotify. We release singles as regularly as we can. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just a different landscape than it yeah. used to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> obviously, something we discuss a lot in this show, but, you know, just trying to – everybody's trying to figure it out right now, trying to figure out the best way to – Make it work for them. So, way to crack that code. (laughs) Crack the algorithm. Also, stay cool. I don't know. I just, part of the vinyl thing to me is I just think it's cool. And that's a good enough reason in and of itself. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I don't know. And then, like, the artwork, you know, the having having a larger scale instead of like a small JPEG file on your, you know, and stuff like that. Like, you, you know, you, I mean, it is whatever you put into it. I mean, but like, there's a lot to be had with a creating a package deal with the the record and stuff. Yeah. You know, even the artwork or even the album itself is, you know, they obviously they have just plain black ones, but then now they have them all kinds of different colors and patterns. And, yeah. you know, there, I have a, <clears throat> this guy I follow, uh, my friends have made records with him, but he's been like making like uh filled records with, 
fluid and uh, like sparkle glitter and all kinds of. Oh, that's cool. And like, I mean, it's so the as the record's spinning, it's like you know all the stuff's moving around inside mm-hmm. of it, and like I don't know. Is it's, he ever uh, worried about him cracking open? <laughs> I, I think. I mean, like, yeah, I think he's kind of got it down pretty good. Now that's been, awesome. Been doing it for quite a while, but like, oh, that's it, great. It's uh, uh, for me, it's pretty fascinating just to see what like. He's always pushing the boundaries, like what, how, how can, what can he do next to make a For record sure. and stuff? So, yeah, no, definitely. Like the the record itself <laughs> is a piece of artwork. I feel like, and mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, there's some we've talked about doing all kinds of cool stuff, like a clear record with like stuff inside of it or different colors and things like that. So, well, I've got some that are like even uh, different shapes and stuff. You know, oh, like, yeah. oh nice. Yeah, like, so yeah, there's a. Uh, I've got, I bought it. I don't know. Sometimes I buy them just because they're weird. Like, you know, they're, they're fun to right. ha- add to the collection. I bought a record store day exclusive one. It was, huh. uh, it was a fat boys record and it's, uh, it, you know, it looks like a pizza and it comes in, in a, comes in a pizza box. Nice. That's uh, awesome. So I thought that was fun. Just like, yeah. you know, again, it's like the presentation of it all. Like, yeah. you know, having those little things like that, like oh, it's, God, it's yeah. always kind of fun. So. Yeah. And uh, having stuff like I, I do miss cracking open a CD and like looking at the pictures that you didn't that you hadn't seen before of the artist or the lyrics were cool. But I was really more into like the weird shit, like the messages to the people they were thanking right. or the pictures or whatever they wanted to have in the background. I think those are really deliberate artistic choices. And I do think we've. We, while we've gained something in the scrollability of Instagram and the ways that you can manipulate that, there's something that we don't have as much anymore that's special about having liner notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys, you guys remember your first CD or first yep. album? You guys, <laughs> Hanson. Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> it was Hanson. It was a cassette tape. Actually, it was. Yeah. I don't even remember the album. It was a. It was whatever Umbop was on. Yeah. I just saw them. Uh, Oh, at the yeah, pageant just here. Uh, a couple couple months back or whatever weeks back I don't know whatever it's been um there was a point in time uh f- f- for that week after that where the last two concerts I went to were Backstreet Boys and ha- and Hanson and I was like I, <laughs> I never nice. thought as a as a 37 year old male that that would be like the <laughs> sentence I said but that was there, there it is. I, felt, I was like, I felt like a, you know, I was channeling my my inner thirteen year old girl. Yeah. And stuff. Right, and right. Like, but yeah. now it was I, both of them were great shows. I took my wife to uh, to Backstreet Boys, and I was really, you know, nice. had, had a good time with that. And like, uh, and then Hanson, those guys are incredible musicians. I mean, I know like they kind of huh. they kind of get some flack for the bop thing, like you know, just because it's like such a you know cheesy pop song. But the rest of their stuff, I mean, like they're really talented guys at what they do and. So I guess they tour a lot with the family. They have like all their their kids uh like wearing the wings uh on the, the pageant, Aww. and uh, they uh so they all like kind of take a moment to you know to I guess go and uh visit you know mid show with the, with their family sweet. and stuff or whatever. So like they all took breaks and um so like uh, I think of maybe what started with. Taylor or something and sat down with an acoustic guitar and played a song and then he and then like Zach came out and he played set of the piano and played one and then yeah. Isaac played one by him. so they all took a moment to highlight individually and then they played as a group and stuff that's and lovely so yeah I was like what was the show other than that what was the <laughs> show like I mean I in my brain Hanson they're all still 12 yeah. <laughs> and Zach is on drums 
and Zach is on drums. I don't remember who did bass and who did guitar, what the other two did, but, and they all have hair like this. So what, I'm just curious to know how they've evolved a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, you know, it's, it is weird when, I don't know. I mean, just like all of us, we all age obviously, but, but it is like they're obviously there was such a big part of pop culture and, Uh and, uh, a, a fixture of our youth that we, they were like, you think that they would just stay that, you know, those cute young right. boys. But you know, it's funny to see grown men up there playing these songs and singing mbop and stuff. And like, you know, they Not good for them. But they, you know, they they're fully aware of how weird it is that this is their life. But um, you know, they it was fun to see them like still saying it like it's the first time, even though they've probably sang it you know a million times and stuff. But they yeah. still played it because they know that's why people still come out to shows and stuff. Oh, so um, I love that. But I. I can't imagine, you know, like for me, I think about it, like, I'm like, they got to be so sick of it, but, you know, no they, they, they do it for the fans. They do it for the people that continue to keep coming out and buying tickets and yeah, everybody sing along every word of it. So, uh, oh, I love that. That's, yeah. that's so like, that's really touching yeah. to me. I mean, it, uh, you know, just look, that was my first, you know, Hanson show. So I, uh-huh. but as part of my thing is I, I like to kind of go in and see what it's like just to see the crowd see how they you know and the, how you know take it all in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh they have and they they tour with two other guys that um play one plays bass and uh i think one to play some like auxiliary key stuff and nice things like that so there's two other guys that kind of round out the the band lineup and stuff but yeah um nice how about you, Dan? Do you remember your your first? Uh... Well, it, yeah, it's in. It's funny. I do remember the first album that I intentionally went and bought, like as a thirteen year old, and it's kind of a perfect album for what we were talking about, like opening it up and looking at the liner notes and the artwork and stuff. It was the Gorillas self-titled oh, yeah. Yeah. first album nice. and for those who don't know much about the gorillas it's the the guy who does it all it's the same guy from blur you know that song too that everybody hears at ball games and stuff um but he he wrote and like he wrote all that music he sings and he plays the character of um the lead singer which the whole band is like animated right i guess you could say mm-hmm. so there's all this cool artwork that comes with it because all the band members are these like cartoon characters and in fact i remember in high school there was even like a game you could play where you wrote around so the the cover of the the album is them in this like four-wheeler truck type thing yeah. <laughs> and there was a game you could play where you rode around in the truck <laughs> so there was like a whole like you know imaginary world built around these characters and so there was a ton of art to look at and That's cool. just different cool things and yeah so yeah uh, it was kind of a neat one yeah, I've, was... I've on and off continued to like that group gorillas some some uh some of my friends just went to see them in like chicago or something or whatever oh, and that cool. and that's kind of the thing i was like i i'd be interested to see that too how they create the live show around this and stuff i've never i don't really know anything about their live show but same uh, i've yeah. never seen them live i don't know how he does it live but i'm sure they put on a good show mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah uh well we uh you guys mentioned in uh the record uh we are putting some of the final touches on the i guess this would be your debut album right 
Yeah, first full length. We did do we did do an EP that we released, but this is our first full length album. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <You're fine>. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I th- we're looking at at least ten songs. Um, yeah, so a, truly a full length album. We're very excited about it. You know, full studio production, full band on most of the songs. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a big effort. So we're we're just looking forward to the reward of you know having the final product, sure. like having the CD or mm-hmm. the vinyl in hand, and you know seeing the whole thing on Spotify and just being able to you know I, and, and you know just like the whole experience of like start to finish having like you know I, I wouldn't say it's a con well you could say it's a concept album, but either way, um, you know whether it's a concept album or not, there's, uh, there's always something cool about hearing all the songs, you know, one after another, you know, cause it's like a journey, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just very excited to kind of have that final package. Um, and this is something, uh, we're early next year or something we're looking at April 9th, April 9th. All right. Which is also Easter. I like having significant days. So Dragula is coming out on election day and the album is coming out on Easter. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. 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 I think that that helps uh keep mem- keep uh, the memory and everything else too like uh, and having mm-hmm. uh correlation with the uh, different things like that. So yeah. We, <clears throat> we uh So we me and my wife uh considered uh the 13th our dating uh, May 13th our oh, nice. our dating anniversary and then uh I happened to propose on December 13th. So then we were like, all right, well, 13's working. So then we picked our, so when we were looking at wedding dates, we were uh, planned for uh, September 13th. So that's our, for whatever reason, 13's been working for us. So we, we <laughs> keeping it going. Numbers has, yeah. it, has it fallen on a Friday the 13th yet? Your wedding uh, anniversary? I don't, I don't think our wedding yet. I don't think so. Not, our, no, not the wedding one. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just wait. But, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> It'd be an interesting thing to look up. Yeah. Like, when is it going to actually yeah, land be on a Friday, Friday the 13th? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has. I don't know. But yeah. I, maybe, I, and I probably don't even pay attention, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe don't go out that yeah, day. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. right. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm dates and, and numbers and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff is, is interesting though to, <laughs> and having correlation with certain events and stuff helps out. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for brand new album coming in the sp- uh, spring for Easter and, uh, well, it'd be cool. But, uh, we, uh, we wanted to give you kind of a little, uh, sneak peek at something, what we're working on. And, uh, you said, uh, what was the name of this one? We got, uh, the uh, I'll see it's, you. I'll see I will you again. see you this again. Is, this is yep. what we're looking at for the next uh, single. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's January twenty right. eighth. Yeah. Yes. And what? Uh, what? Anything about this uh, come to mind when you think about this song? Oh, it's kind of sad, which is why. So, the I'll start. I'll start with when I wrote it. Um, my dad's dog died about a year and a half ago. I want to say and. It was hard for me to see how hard it was for him. Um, and so I was kind of thinking about, and it happened, I guess it was more than a year and a half ago, or I don't know, it was right around 
this time of year. It was like winter was starting to creep in and which is so shitty because like you're it's death and then like it's getting darker and it's getting colder and so the song was kind of my way of processing that there's a lot of winter imagery and a lot of um at the end there's some ideas about hope and about the the ice um kind of carving things away to make way for new life and i wrote it and I didn't like it at all. I brought it to a songwriters group that I'm in and um, I got I got good feedback on it. But because it was sad, I was I really did not like playing it out. In fact, we never play it out. But and I was about ready to scrap it from the album, but Dan convinced me not to. Yeah. So we recorded it and we got Jim Manley on trumpet and Lisa and Eve on backing vocals Um and it was really hearing the other, like with Dragula, hearing the other instrumentalists breathe some life into it. And Don Bailey, our producer, and Dan both said it should be a single. I still don't have it memorized because we never play it because it makes me sad. Right. <laughs> but it is a, the recording is lovely. Um, and I feel like I can say it because the reason it's lovely is what we all did together. <laughs> Jeez, stop bragging. Yeah. I know. And we're we're actually we're gonna have a release party for that at Evangeline's on um January twenty eighth. All right. That night. And maybe I'll have it memorized by them, but probably not because it still makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. I I will convince you yet to yeah, play. Yeah, we will that be playing it more. at Blueberry Hill though. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because it's like like you said, it you had such a pretty it was so pretty and I, I and I knew it had so much potential and I think what was stymieing you for a while is like it didn't really have a chorus and it still yeah, it doesn't yeah, really have not, a chorus. It doesn't have a chorus. So it, it felt like maybe something was missing and I think what was missing was all those other musicians and getting mm. into the studio because it's like everything just fell into place and rounded out so nicely. Yeah. And I I knew it was gonna be one of the best, one of the better songs. Thank you. For sure.
I got to give a shout out to, I mentioned our backing vocalist, but on drums we had Drew Weiss, who plays uh, a lot of other projects locally. He's a very creative drummer, so that was cool to have him on that. And then um, organ, we had Pete Zimmer on the organ, yep. too, and Richard Trellis on bass, to upright bass. So it was a, it really was kind of a golden combination of people. It really was. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're very happy with the final product. Yeah. Very excited for for everybody to get to hear it even though yeah. it makes me sad because it reminds me of my dad's dog dying <laughs> yeah that i mean uh yeah that's tough uh stuff i mean i i've been there my myself obviously uh you know i've had uh, to, uh fairly recently I, I put down my my beagle uh oh, that, that, that i had for 16 years so oh. um so that was really tough i mean we we've been through a lot of life together and uh, yeah. you know, and then to, to, you know, from a baby to, to, you know, the, mm-hmm. the final days and stuff, it was, it was really tough and to, uh, you know, to, to make that call and, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, you know, just, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's part of life though. It's obviously it's a, it's, you know, but, um, yeah, is it, imagine singing, you know, putting a song together, writing and, you know, is therapeutic in a sense, you know, to, to, to process that, like you're saying, mm-hmm. but, but also, you know, singing it live is like, kind of like picking a scab every time, like, oh, yep, still hurts, you know, it's like, yeah. still, still not, still not good, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it, um, but yeah, I don't know, so I, I'm sorry to hear you guys had to deal with that, but that, I mean, I think it's, uh, it is interesting to, to put it into a song form and, and, mm-hmm. and also like to, you know, share that with everybody, you know, ha- being, yeah. being vulnerable enough to, to talk about some of the, you know, these harder things like, yeah. you, know, you know, whatever it might be. But yeah, I think if people having that, um, communal thing where people are like, you know, everybody, we've all been there. We've all done these things, various things and it helps with mm-hmm. going through it with friends and family and stuff. So, yeah, it- definitely. I mean, you know, uh, I would say for better or for worse, a lot of our, <laughs> music or a lot of i'll speak for myself a lot of my my music but i think this is true for you too kara (laughs) just deals with complex feelings and difficult feelings and you know just complicated life Mm -hmm. stuff that it's hard to talk about it's hard to you know uh process and sometimes it's more easily uh channeled or distilled into music you know Mm -hmm. so for better or for worse and when there's tough times or difficult emotions sometimes it makes for good good art yeah well and i think i think too it's something that everybody can relate to like we've all lost somebody and and pets are very very special and um i think that's that's kind of what convinced me with you guys wanting to release it as a single um was not just the people that we had on it but that actually don our producer said this is something that everybody can relate to um even if it's a, even if it's not a pleasant feeling, it can be, that's, I mean, that's what music does. It's catharsis. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, you can find uh, West End Junction on your socials, your uh, Facebook and Instagram, your, uh, you have a YouTube channel and uh, you can get plugged in and get, uh, find out more details about the next single, the album coming soon, the, well, everything else, more shows, and uh, we do, like I said, we have the big one coming up here on November 18th, 
And uh, so we'd love to see you out there and come grab a new Dragula t-shirt and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, this has been uh, really great to uh, get to hang out with you, getting to learn a little bit more about the group. And uh, I'm excited to hear the rest of this album uh, coming up. So um, maybe we can circle back around uh, in the spring and do something again, talking about the album when we're ready to go. So. Yeah. That would be awesome. We would love that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. This has been, thank you so much for having us. This has been truly a pleasure and Absolutely. thanks for coming up to our, our little music room and, and chilling with us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it all worked out. Like I said, is uh, that's kind of the fun of this show for me is constantly uh, working my way across the city, meeting mm-hmm. all kinds of people. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's fun to, to get to share your stories and stuff through the show so yeah definitely yeah well thank you and uh i will i'll see you all november 18th and i will see you again yeah yes. <laughs> see what you do there <laughs> all right bye everybody peace bye now